all my dear listeners, and welcome to Season 2 of Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Gundlach, and once again I'm eager to delve into the world of song with you. I'm devoted to bringing you the voices of beloved artists, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. In addition, I look forward to presenting less celebrated but equally treasurable singers who also deserve our attention and respect. Since I started this podcast, I've learned even more about the topic to which I have devoted my life, and I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. Let's get down to today's business. Great singers and great singing. Welcome to the final episode for 2020 of Counter Melody. What a year it's been. I don't even have the words to say how I feel. So I think I'm going to let Claudia Muzio speak for me. This is the song composed for her by the priest-slash-composer Licinio Refice. It's called Ombra di Nube. For those of you who know anything about Claudia Muzio, you know that her life was not one of great joy. So when she sings this song, you hear both the suffering that she's gone through and her determination to get through to the other side. There was a blue arc of lightning in the sky and clear light poured into my heart. Shadow of this cloud don't obscure my vision. Don't hide the beauty of life from me. Fly away, fly far away, O cloud, and let this strange torment of mine be dispersed. Once again light, once again blue. Let me see that serenity for eternity. Oh. 
It's this kind of music that's carried me through this year. I hope that my podcasts may have helped you all a little bit as well. Of course, just three days ago, we had the terrible, terrible news that Rebecca Luger has lost her fight with ALS. She's no longer with us on this earth. Thank goodness we still have her voice. I'm going to do just a mini tribute to her and play a few of my favorites among her many songs. This is from one of her early Broadway successes, The Secret Garden. It's the song, How Could I Ever Know? She plays the spirit of the dead mother who appears to her child and to her husband and expresses her love for them from the great beyond. Dear friend David is extremely saddened by the death of Rebecca Luker. He made an observation yesterday morning that I think is really valid and worth sharing. He said that she was one of the very few singers who could take a Broadway song and sing it with the care and attention that one would bring to an art song. 
Between the two of us, we came up with two other artists that we thought also fit that bill. It'd be interesting for you guys maybe to think about that for yourselves. I'm not going to tell you who the other two were. The point is that Rebecca Luker was definitely one such singer. And here is a perfect example of her displaying exactly those traits. This is the song Once in a Blue Moon from the obscure 1920s show Stepping Stones by Jerome Kern. Rebecca Luker often spoke about how much she loved Jerome Kern. She did a beautiful album of Jerome Kern songs in 2013. I was just listening to it the day after I got the bad news. She would often get her hands on this very unusual and little-known repertoire, Once in a Blue Moon, describes a talent like hers. Once in a blue moon you will meet the right one once in a blue moon find your dear delight one then with a thrill you know that love is true once in a lifetime when the moon is blue Men are called deceivers ever And women flirt with passion One true love that lasts forever Is sadly out of fashion Moonlit madness under a pale sky Flames that turn to ashes and then die All too soon the lips that kiss May learn to say Rebecca Luker's last role on Broadway was a brief replacement stint in the extraordinary musical by Janine Tesori and Lisa Crone called Fun Home. This is her, as she put it, pre-11 o'clock number, Days and Days, in which her character describes the ways in which she is trapped and insists that her daughter not fall prey to the same fate. Welcome to our house on Maple Avenue. See how we polish and we shine. 
that's how it happens. Days and days and days made of lunches and car rides and shirts and socks and grades and piano and no one clocks the day you disappear. Days and days and days, that's how it happens. Days and days and days made of posing and bragging and fits of rage and boys, my God, some of them are underage and oh, how did it all happen here? There was a time your father swept me off my feet with words. We read books, strolled through Munich at night, drank beer with friends, discussed the places we would go. And he said I understood how the world made him ache. But no, but no. That's how it happens. Days made of bargains I made because I thought as a wife I was meant to and now my life is shattered and made bare. Days and days and days and days and days and days and days. Welcome to our house on Maple Avenue. See how we polish and we here. I didn't raise you to give away your days like me. Unfortunately, I never met Rebecca Luker, but I came really close once. I've mentioned before how Jerry Hadley was a good friend of mine and that for a period we were working together frequently on roles like Pinkerton, Berlioz's Faust, and Ricardo in Ballo in Maschera. Let me assure you, he sounded marvelous in all of these he came to me one day and told me that he and Rebecca were in discussion about doing a recording of Broadway duets, and would I be interested in doing a reading session with the two of them? Well, you can imagine. I was very excited about the possibility, but unfortunately, as with so many things in this life, it came to naught. And now both of them are gone, but it does remain a very tantalizing project that never came to be. They both had a very similar approach to text and towards singing on the breath, singing with line, and also great vocal beauty. It would have been a hell of a collaboration. 
And now from her delicious Cole Porter album, the song from Gay Divorce called After You, Who? That's a legitimate question to ask, because she was one of a kind. After you, who could supply my sky of blue? After you, So for the rest of the episode, I thought that I would go back to the year 1935, which I talked about a few weeks ago when it was my mother's 85th birthday. This time, I want to talk about the classical singers and composers that were born in that year. Now, I made a few mistakes in my calculations, but I still think I'm going to start with this excerpt. It's by the German soprano Helga Pilarczyk. I thought that she had been born in 1935. She was actually born in 1925, but it doesn't matter. This is an excerpt from Schoenberg's monodrama Erwartung, a nightmare landscape in which this woman finds herself stumbling through the forest in the dark, tripping over the body of her lover, who she may or may not have murdered, and who may or may not actually be there. I think it's a great way of summing up this past horrific year. Helga Pilarczyk was a brilliant interpreter of 20th century music, and I think Evarton was her best part. 
This is a never-reissued recording conducted by Robert Kraft of the final pages of Evarton. And by the way, I just would like to say that I think that her rather acidic and not at all conventionally beautiful voice actually suits this music very, very well, perhaps better than those who have taken on the part and are possessed of voices of richness, purity, beauty. Pilarczyk offers us something different, and I think it really works here.
For this portion of the program, we're going to consider a wide range of 20th century music from composers and singers who were born in 1935. The first is the Catalan composer, Josep Soler. For those of you who subscribe to my bonus episodes, you would have heard this last week an excerpt from his setting of the Rilke Marieleben poem cycle. Soler had two different versions of those four songs. One was with piano accompaniment, and the second version was set for a small instrumental ensemble and voice. This is the Geburt Marie, Mary's birth, the first of that cycle. It's a very good mezzo-soprano here. Her name is Elena Graguera, and there's an instrumental ensemble, which includes the composer. This recording is from 2008. Thank you. 
There were a few important American baritones born in 1935. Among them is Dominic Casa, who is still with us. This is a 1977 recording that he made with Seiji Ozawa, another 1935 birthday boy, of Roger Sessions' setting of Walt Whitman's When Lilacs Last in the Dooryard Bloomed, which Whitman wrote upon the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Roger Sessions set the piece in three different sections. This is the end of the second section and the beginning of the third section. This setting of the Whitman poem was composed to the memory of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy and was premiered in Berkeley in 1971. In this 1977 recording, we hear Dominic Cossa and Esther Hines is the soprano. Seiji Ozawa conducts the Boston Symphony Orchestra and the Tanglewood Festival Chorus. Sing on, sing on, you gray-brown bird. Sing from the swamps, the recesses. Pour your chant limitless out of the cedars and pines. Sing on, sing on.
I've not played any Michael Tippett yet on the podcast. He's one of the most important 20th century British composers, but he's also one of the most problematic. This is an excerpt from his opera, The Midsummer Marriage, that was composed in 1955 and in which Joan Sutherland sang one of the main roles at its premiere. This is a recording of Mark's aria, and it's sung by Alberto Remedios, who is our link with the year 1935. Of course, he's most famous for his Wagner assumptions, but you hear what a clarion, clear, and easily produced voice this is throughout its range. I really, really enjoy his singing. He died, by the way, in June 2016. At the very end of this aria, we very briefly hear the magnificent soprano Elizabeth Vaughn. Colin Davis is conducting the orchestra and chorus of the Royal Opera House Covent Garden here.
Here's another British example by the composer Nicholas Maw, who lived from 1935 to 2009. At one point, he was the next-door neighbor of some very good friends of mine. Don't even remember if there were any stories surrounding him, so I can't really relate any uh, tales out of school here. This was the piece with which he burst upon the scene, less than 30 years old. This premiered in 1962. The piece is called Scenes and Arias, and it's based on an anonymous text circa 1300. It is in a strange combination of French and Old English, and it's set for three solo singers, soprano, mezzo, and alto. In this 1969 recording conducted by Norman Delmar, the soloists are Jane Manning, Anne Howells, and Norma Proctor, all estimable artists, superb singers. This section is from the very end of the piece. It's fun to listen to this and see what other composers you hear being channeled. I hear some Szymanowski, I hear some Richard Strauss. I'll be curious what you guys hear. Enjoy this very, very beautiful and beautifully sung recording.
A few weeks ago, I did my Jorma Herninen tribute and featured him in a number of Finnish operas. One of the composers that we heard was Aulis Salinen, who was also born in the year 1935 and, in fact, is still with us as well. He took excerpts from his opera The Horseman Ratsumias. and created a cycle called Four Dream Songs. I remember years ago hearing Zoile Izokoski, the out-of-this-world Finnish soprano, sing these on a recital with piano accompaniment. Here she is singing the second of the four songs, Cradle Song for a Dead Horseman. Esapekka Salonen is conducting the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra in this live performance. composer on offer was only peripherally known to me until a few days ago. His name is Peter Schat. He's a Dutch composer who lived from 1935 to 2003. He was rather a bad boy in Dutch music, as far as I've been able to determine. He did a lot of experimentation with 12-tone and eventually developed his own tonal system. I remember first hearing his name reading a review in opera news of his opera called Houdini. He also wrote a lot of vocal music, including some extensive song cycles. I'm going to offer you the third song from his 1977 cycle called Kind en Krei, which means Child and Crow. In it, Schat was attempting to channel the great song cycles of Schumann, Schubert, Schoenberg, and the like. He's also chronicling the complicated and 
rather unhappy existence of a particular child through its relationship with its mother. This song is called Vertrek, which also means farewell. Here's a translation of the song. The child calls out, look what I can do, and it springs from the balcony. The mother says, where are you? The child is gone now. The father says, where is my child? The mother points out, a whirlwind rages out there, howling around the house. The father yells, where is my child? The mother sings a song. The father howls, my child, my child. The child left his house. In this 1992 performance, we hear the soprano Ellen Schroering and the pianist Hawken Austberg. looking forward to delving more into this composer's output. Now we come to an Estonian composer who is evidently the most widely performed living composer. His name, of course, is Arvo Pert. And this is a beautiful setting for countertenor, violin, and viola of a Clemens Brentano poem called A Zang for Langen Jahren. I'm playing an excerpt from it. I 
never actually performed this song, but I worked on it quite a bit, and it's very, very challenging because it's got huge leaps in it. The countertenor that I'm going to play for you handles the vocal demands of this piece very, very skillfully. He's the Austrian Bernhard Landauer. He does a lot of contemporary music. I listen to many recordings of this piece, and in none of the other versions that I heard were the soloists able to sing in tune. I will say for Bernhard Landauer that he really gets it, and he also handles the register changes with enormous skill. I'm now a big fan of Bernhard Landauer. Here he is in a live performance from Salzburg in June 2014. Another composer who was born in 1935 is the Georgian Gia Cancelli. This is an excerpt from a piece that was commissioned from Cancelli by the New York Philharmonic. It's called And Farewell Goes Out Sighing. It's written for countertenor, solo violin, and full orchestra. Guidon Kramer is the violinist, and Kurt Mazur conducts. Speaking of countertenors, of whom I am a big fan, this is my friend Derek Lee Reagan. Many years ago now, we sang together in the Minnesota Opera production of Giulio Cesare, in which Derek sang the title role. And I will tell you that every single night I watched him from the wings as he sang his big lament at the beginning of the third act. I had never before seen such focus and concentration in an artist. For me, he ranks as one of the very, very best. And that's certainly reflected in the performance that he gives here. This is a very short excerpt of a 25-minute long piece. This is a live performance of the world premiere, which took place in November 1999. 
since we've been talking about countertenors that we admire, that I admire anyway, I have one last one for you. That is the bargain countertenor John Ferrante. I'm not sure what year he was born in, but I will tell you that the alter ego of the composer P.D.Q. Bach, that is Peter Schickley, was born in 1935 and is also still with us. This is a performance of his hilariously funny cantata Iphigenia in Brooklyn. I actually sang this piece with the Dayton Philharmonic. It also is very very difficult to sing. It's got an enormous range, and you gotta really focus on the words. I'm playing just a short portion of it, and the words at this point... Wait, I've got the whole text here. Let me just read the whole text to you, because it's so funny. Here's the text of the opening aria. As Hyperion across the flaming sky his chariot did ride, Iphigenia herself in Brooklyn found, then the restative, and lo, she found herself within a market, and all around her fish were dying, and yet their stench did live on. And then there's a ground base, dying, and yet in death, alive. And that's the portion that I'm going to play for you. You'll notice, of course, the reference to Dvorak's humoresque. The bargain countertenor here, John Ferrante, was the real item. He was performing around the time that Russell Oberlin was, and he has a similar timbre and type of voice to Russell's. It's really fun to hear this, and he handles the tricky parts of this very, very Plus that laughter is great medicine, so here's a little laughter for you.
As usual, I'm going to just take a little moment here to thank you all for your support and to ask you once again to help me get the word out about the podcast. My goal for 2021 is to get more listeners and to also make this a viable source of income for me, since it is my only source of income right now. So with that in mind, I'm going to invite all of you who are listening to, if you're not already a subscriber, to consider subscribing to me on Patreon, patreon.com slash countermelody. I post bonus episodes frequently. I posted two very special Christmas episodes. One was Bach and Handel, the continuation of my full-figured Baroque series, and this features excerpts from Christmas Oratorio and Messiah. And last week, I posted part two of Christmas Art Songs. There are 12 days to Christmas. There's still time to download and listen to these, so please do consider becoming a supporter on Patreon. I've decided to be equitable about this, no matter what amount you pledge in support, whether that's $2 or $2 million. doesn't matter. You get the same access to my bonus episodes. There are now nine of them. There will be more to come. Now it's time to get into the next part of the program singers who were born in 1935. The first up is Arlene Saunders, who died in April of this past year, unfortunately, of complications from COVID-19. I thought that she had been born in 1935. I made a mistake. She was actually born in 1930. But this is one of the most glorious examples of her singing, and I really want you to hear it. It's from the rare Richard Strauss opera Die Liebe der Danae, and it's the beginning of the final scene. Wie umgibst du mich mit Frieden? Arlene Saunders, as I say, in the title role, Charles McCarris conducting the BBC Symphony in this live radio performance from April 1980.
got a handful of very, very significant and important singers who were all born in 1935. First up is Cheryl Milnes, who in fact celebrates a birthday on January 10th. So this is also slightly in advance of his upcoming birthday in the next couple weeks. This all-too-brief tribute is a recording that he made in 1976 of a song by Charles Tomlinson Griffiths, who I think would have developed into one of the most significant American composers had he not succumbed to a long-standing lung disease at the age of 35. I also like to make note of the fact that he's one of my gay brethren. This song is called Auf geheimen Waldespfade, and it is set to a poem by Nikolaus Lenau, Along the Lonely Forest Pathway. By the lonely forest pathway, I long at evening to flee to the dreary, rushy beaches, dearest, there to dream of you. And I watch the woods grow darker, and I hear the reeds' mysterious sighing. I hear them whispering and complaining until I begin to weep. And I imagine that I hear your voice playing around me till your singing dies away over the waters. In this vocal setting, Milnes is given a chance to show off his very impressive voice, and he's at his youthful best here. Now here's a Christmas art song that I held back on last week because I knew that I'd be featuring this artist on this week's episode. That is the Spanish mezzo-soprano Teresa Berganza, who also is a 1935 birthday girl. This is from a live recording from the summer of 1961 in Aix-en-Provence, and it's a setting of one of the Tres Villancicos, Three Christmas Carols, of Joaquin Rodrigo. It's called Coplias de Belén. 
How happily the shepherd boy rides down the mountainside on his little donkey. Run, for the child is waiting for you, and Christmas night is nearly over. The text to this is by Rodrigo's wife, Victoria Cambio. Si la palmera supiera que el niño fuera tan bella, caída sería una estrella, su abanico le tendiera para que el niño me diera. and wonderful treat for you. That is Teresa Berganza, joined by Mirella Freni in her second recording of Madama Butterfly, a role that she never sang on stage in its entirety. Those of you who've been listening for a while remember that I did two memorial episodes for our dear Mirella when she died this past February. Those of you who want to hear some more, please check out those episodes. I've provided links to them on the episode description. Here are Freni and Berganza in this 1988 recording conducted by Giuseppe Sinopoli doing the ever-popular and ever-gorgeous flower duet from Madama Butterfly.
Last week, I was able to pay tribute to my dear teacher, John Wussman, who on December 25th celebrated his 90th birthday. John was for many years the pianist for Luciano Pavarotti. In the years that I studied with John, he was often traveling around the world accompanying Pavarotti in his recitals. Pavarotti is also a 1935 birthday boy, though it's already 13 years since Pavarotti died just before his 72nd birthday. Here is a heart-stoppingly beautiful performance from the two of them from a live television recital for the NDR, a German television network. This is from 1978, and it is Paolo Tosti's evergreen Ideale. This song, like the Ombra di Nube, evokes rainbows, and in this case, it's a love song begging the adored one to return one last time to smile upon the singer, and in their face will shine for them a new dawn. I can't listen to this without crying, so I'm just going to settle back and have a nice big ugly cry while I listen.
Finally, my friends, I have a treat for you because after all we've been through this year, we need something to carry us through into the new year to give us hope, to show us beauty. What do I have for you? It's a performance that I just discovered this last week from 1975 with Luciano Pavarotti and Mirella Freni, who often performed together. They were from the same hometown, and they were lifelong friends and colleagues. Now they're both gone, but we have their voices still with us. This, as I say, is a 1975 performance from Salzburg with Herbert von Karian. It's an extended excerpt from the end of Act One of Puccini's La Boheme, Che Gelida Manina, followed by Mi Chiamano Mimi, and concluding with O Soave Fanciulla. Bear in mind, this is a live performance. I am so thrilled to be able to present this to you as an example of some kind of operatic ideal. With that in mind, I look forward to facing a brighter future with all of you in the new year that is about to open its doors to us.
Friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. 
See you in 2021. Mm-hmm.